Let's just go right into the word, Romans chapter 8 and Proverbs chapter 30. I'm sorry, 20. Romans 8, 14. Uh, today, I just want to open up on the subject of how to be led by the Spirit of God. Um, he's our teacher. He's our guide. He's, he, there's so much to this. Uh, it says in John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper and he will be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So it's spectacular, this information. And once we see it, um, it helps us, it furnishes us a target so we can make better decisions. Um, The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord, it says in Psalms. That makes a lot of sense now in this context when you realize that the Holy Spirit is available to us to lead and guide us, and he always leads us in the truth, never leads us into error, and uh, he'll keep us out of a ditch theologically, he'll keep us out of confusion, because God's a God of peace and not confusion. I just am bragging on how wonderful and how good uh, the Holy Spirit is. He'll be with us, and he'll never leave us. Uh, he is, he's there, a steady, faithful guide. He takes from Jesus and reveals to us. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, uh, says that for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Uh, let's just look at that a little bit. It, it's, it's saying that inherently in the new birth, there is an activation of sensitivity to God's voice. Um, We were all like sheep gone astray. We were numb, dull, dead in our trespasses and sins. But when the new birth happened, we're born of the Spirit. It says in John 3, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So now there's a distinction between the inner man and the outer man. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's a, even a more elaborate uh, phrasing that includes spirit, soul, and body. Say spirit, soul, and body. This is a wonderful truth. And uh, I'm a trichotomist, meaning I believe we are spirits, we have souls, we live in bodies. Many people I've talked to in the church, uh, even in uh, studying at college, they believed in the outer man and the inner man, and they did not distinguish between soul and spirit. But those are two, in fact, different elements. And the Greek, even the Greek wording, pneuma for spirit, which means air or wind, and suke is for soul. And then uh, the, the physical body, the language of our body are, it would be our senses. The, the language of our, our, our soul would be our thought processing. And the language of our spirit, God is, God is spirit, And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And his spirit, it says in Romans 8, 16, himself testifies with our spirit. King James says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So how many of you bear witness that when you got saved, you you had a sense, you had a, it's hard to even use the word sense, but that that certain something, that, that assurance, that blessed assurance, that confidence that, that his spirit 
was bearing witness that, yeah, you're, you're saved. I remember, you know, I'm just, I'm celebrating 50 years this month that when the lights went on in my life, somebody got the gospel to me that that, in fact, was led by the Holy Spirit. I'm the product of this teaching. A, a guy, a regular guy, happened to be at the right place at the right time and introduced me to Jesus in November of 1972. And so here I am, a half a century later, enthralled about what happened as a result. And we can be led by the Spirit. It says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So this is um, part and parcel of the, the new birth. Look, I've got five grandkids, and they all came over yesterday, and they were all crawling all over the place. I mean, you can't imagine. How, I, I didn't know that we had the inventory of toys we had until they all kept, brought them all out all at once. I had a cookie made out of Play-Doh. Not one, two, actually. And uh, uh, other kinds of stuff everywhere. You know, my wife said, is that ketchup on the floor? No, no, that's another one of the toys, you know. That, uh, and, it's, and, and, and these kids... They're, they're learning, uh, they're hugging each other, they're kissing, they're talking, they're saying, they're saying hi and stuff like that. And, and, and it's part and parcel of being a human being. And they're loud. And that's part and parcel of being part of our household or the Kowalik household, you know, where it's like the, the loudest one gets heard, right? Well, in the church, there are indicators and markers. And one of the markers that, that re reveals and, uh, and testifies to change is that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. And by the way, his Holy Spirit bears witness. And I want to talk to you about that inward witness, that sense in our spirit, that prompting, that green light, that yellow flashing light or that red light, which could happen in any given situation. And I want to encourage you guys to even just first of all know, number one, that uh, if you're a note taker, I've got five points here. Realize you are a spiritual being uh, and that there's a distinction between spirit, soul, and body. You are a spiritual being. You're not just an animal. You're not just a sentient creature uh, with just senses. You are made in God's image. Okay, we buy into the Judeo-Christian scriptures. And in the beginning, God created us. And he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made us, and uh, we are spirits, we have souls, and we live in bodies. That is a wonderful thing. And, in, in, and I, I think I should just actually literally read those verses to you. So first I'll read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Now, why would the word of God as a sword pierce as far as the division of soul and spirit? I'll tell you why. God doesn't want believers leaning on their own understanding, strictly uh, doing things out of natural sense evidence and just being ruled and governed by a carnal mind. He wants us to understand there are spiritual things that God wants to give us. Oh, I'm so excited about this. And joints and marrow, that would talk about the body, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Boy, that is so exciting, man. Hallelujah. You guys, this is, this is information that we need. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5. If you're a note taker, write 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself, 
sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he'll also bring it to pass, or he'll do it. Aren't you glad God's faithful? He's begun a good work in you. You are a spirit. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. See, and a lot of times people flip that and go body, soul, and spirit. And we go to a gym and we're conscious of our bodies. There are mirrors everywhere. We're trying to build up muscle and and fend off uh, lethargy and that kind of thing. And that's good. We go to college. We're learning so we can develop our thinking and improve in areas and become uh, more skilled in our work or trade or whatever. That's good. Well, we come into God's word. We come into church. We come into this walk with the Lord and become his disciples. And we're to grow up in all aspects in him. And I'm telling you, this will apply in our marriages, in our work. I see a medical doctor in here, and I think, man, when you have this understanding, it puts you at an advantage. It, it, it puts you in a situation where you, we have a God who is available to us, and he said, it's good that I go. It's to your advantage that I go. He said, because the disciples were concerned about it, he said, it's to your advantage that I go, because... Uh, I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so now, just understanding that you are a spiritual being and that his spirit bears witness with your spirit, it helps us, it demystifies how to make good decisions and how to be led. And it's also not spooky. And it, it, it also isn't reliant on uh, everybody else's opinion, uh, uh, the loudest voices, the more, most articulate, uh, 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 manipulative voice. There are many voices right now. There's a lot of, I wouldn't even call it white noise. The, the noise that's generated on humanity right now is designed to deceive and trick, but the Holy Spirit is here to help us to distinguish between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's why it's good to stay in the word. It's a divider. It'll help us to know, that's just my flesh. I'm in the flesh. And as you develop, Man, I, I'm married uh, to a lady that will actually call me out. You know, you're in the flesh right now. And uh, it's like, uh, she helps sometimes. She power assists the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I, and I just tell her, yeah, you're right. I can sense that I'm in, I'm in the flesh. And I can tell. And you develop um, skills with this. Uh, you, you know, you can see and sense things that just are originating in your own mind based on sensory evidence or based on impulse or based on need or some other opportunity or something. And then it's like, so let's wait a minute and see what God is trying to say. What does the word of God say about it? Is, is this a soulish thing? Is this just from my carnal reasoning or, is this, or influence from others? Or, or, or uh, is this something the Holy Spirit is prompting? That's why uh, the man that makes haste with his feet errs. Uh, so that we could just buy some time to not be impulsive and really say, now what should, especially in really important decisions, we, we need to sometimes, if we can, sleep on it so we could pray about it. I'm not talking about putting things off, um, you know, and just, just to ignore a responsibility. Uh, and sometimes we have to make micro decisions right now, like a surgeon has to decide, bring me the clamp, we got to stop this bleed, and you, you can't wait around for 25 minutes, you don't have the luxury of it, right? You don't want to bleed out, so you, but then, so God will help us with prompting. But those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, this is good, this is helpful. 
This will help you in your work when you're facing a negotiation, when you're, you're, you're facing a, challenge, a challenging situation. This will help us when the devil and the tempter comes to try to bait us and take us into a place where we dissipate our energies. This will help us when the barrage of influence peddling tries to torque our thinking and uh, even from the, within the church and the opinions all in the spectrum of, of the, the body of Christ. And it's like, what am I, where am I to, how am I to, help me Jesus, right? Help is on the way. Say that. Help is on the way. Proverbs 20, 27 is a further clarification, Old Testament clarification that I want to bring to you. Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. This is why I don't go to seances, fortune tellers, psychics. This is why I'm not interested in the results of tarot cards. This is why I don't look at astrology and the zodiac. This is why I don't, you know, uh, do those kinds of things. Because uh, I know that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, and that his word is spirit and it's life, and that the entrance of his word gives light, and that if I spend time in God, this motivates me to read my Bible. For example, while I was sitting at the dinner table with my family, I turned to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and uh, while I was sitting there, I read the, I felt prompted to read the entire chapter. So I read it from the beginning, verse 1, all the way to verse 16. And it just takes up just about a page. And so I just soaked on it, and I was reading it in the New Living Translation, which had more of a modern uh, presentation to it. But I'm very familiar with this chapter. And Paul is talking about when he went to Corinth, He's acknowledging that he's a spiritual being, and he's, and he's acknowledging we've been given the Holy Spirit. Can we take time on this for a minute? And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, compl- uh, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, very sophisticated group of people. And he says, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He, just, he didn't want the luxury of complexity. He wanted to keep it simple. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's the opposite of fake it till you make it success principles. He's coming in humble and he's coming in not all feeling like he's all that and, he, and he's not afraid to admit it. He says, my message and my preaching were actually not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. That's what we need today. Yet, He said, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. We don't have time to read it, but in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins uh, in which you formerly lived according to the, and following the course of this world. There is real delineation between the spirit of the world and the Spirit of God. And when we're, th- what I'm teaching you is not holier than thou religiosity. It's this dimension that when a sinner turns to the Lord, the veil's removed, and we become a new creation, and we become empowered by the Holy Spirit to know the Master's voice 
and to walk accordingly, right? And I'm speaking to a great house of people online that are, are, are being, you're, you, many are called, few are chosen, and God's called us, and he's, you're his choice, and he wants us to follow through, and this is one of those key portals into effectiveness. I admit I'm a spirit being. I believe that the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit uh, that uh, we are as part and parcel of being the children of God. Um, we are going to pick these things up and act accordingly. I believe we could be led by the Holy Spirit. I believe these neighbors were led by the Holy Spirit and talking to the folks who eventually moved away. But then over the course of time, uh, those seeds were sown and now they're serving God. And guess what? It paid off and they got spared through that terrible, uh, brutal, fatal uh, uh, hurricane. And there's more and more for us. More and more of the nuances of this. But he says here, he says that there's, there's a... A God speaking wisdom in a mystery to us, verse 7, uh, uh, hidden wisdom which God pre- predestined before the ages for our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they understood it, they, Lucifer and his demons, would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God, God uh, worked it out and he's working it out in these end times. Uh, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen nor ear has, heard, has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. It's, it's perceived and revealed by the Spirit. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. Right? Catch that. Soak that up. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we, look at this, verse 12, this is key. We, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Did you catch that? Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him, it's flaky, they don't get it, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him but we, thank God, have the mind of Christ. Who is glad for that? So realize you are a spiritual being. Realize that at the new birth, uh, uh, Romans 8, uh, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Or it could be said, the, the sons of God have the capacity to hear and know the Master's voice. John chapter 10, Jesus said, uh, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. If we'll follow this stuff, it'll help us out on the most practical levels. It'll help us out in our spiritual lives. It'll help us out in our relationships. It'll help us out with the uh, expenditure of our time, our money, our resources of all t- types. Uh, it will, we'll end up being where we need to be when we need to be there. Come on, man. This is, this is thrilling. This is an adventure. You know, you would think I'm an adrenaline junkie by being lost at sea and being in a boat wreck and all the falling off cliffs, stepping on snakes, all the stuff I've done through my life. I'm not. 
I'm not in a risk orientation. I'm not, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I, however, am excited about living, and I want to live it to the fullest, and I'm on a mission to overcome uh, uh, just uh, monotony, right? And variety is the spice of life, so to speak. Uh, uh, but this is, I'm telling you, the pinnacle of man's adventure. Uh, knowing God and enjoying God and connecting with God and hearing from God and walking in his spirit and just the adventure. Just the, this, So this neighbor tells me on Friday, I, we had a wonderful, I have a wonderful testimony and I listened to it and I thought it's so rich and it's drawn out over time and it, it's kind of perplexing and it's mysterious. It's like the seeds get sown, prayers get prayed and then all of a sudden they come back and they go, hey, we're, we're on fire for God now. You know, we're having, my wife and I are having some things break loose after we've prayed for 17, 18 years over some things, and God's just handing it to us on a silver platter. And I mean, it's just beautiful how it's forming, even right now as I speak. Uh, number two, here's another way to, to really tune into the Spirit. Love your Bible. God's Word is Spirit and it's life. This is the, the Scripture rightly divides uh, between spirit and soul, I'm telling you, whenever I'm in a situation where I'm trying to figure out what God is saying, I want to double up on the divider. And if I'll just read the word, even if it's just, even if I think it's random, sometimes you can look topically. If you're looking for wisdom, you can read wisdom verses. You, you know, read about how husbands are to love their wives or how to win souls or whatever kind of theme or subject. But a lot of times I'll just read my Bible just for the, pleasure of reading it, and God will always take something and impress something in my spirit that is uh, mind-renewing and spiritually stimulating. I pray that for these services. I sit out in the car and pray out in the parking lot. I pray in the dark. I pray at night. I pray in the morning. I walked around the building and prayed over all of you guys in this service. I will in the next service and the next service, uh, because as a pastor, I want you guys to get this, because it's just so fun. It's just so fun to walk with God. And it decreases. If, you, if, you, if I were to tell you that there's a way to decrease a level of stupid out of your life, would you take it? Yeah. I mean, they're buying, I mean, they're, they're, they're selling, buying medicine to try to help you have better memory and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, this right here, the Holy Spirit will take from Jesus and reveal to you. He'll bring things to your remembrance, Right? And so love your Bible because it will stimulate spiritual understanding and it get you out of cynicism and it'll strengthen you. So I go to the gym, you know, and I do certain exercise and, and there are uh, different machines that correspond to different muscle groups, you know, Stairmaster or a, a leg machine or a bench press or that kind of thing. And it, and it builds and it intentionally is designed for certain strengthening. I'm telling you, when we read and study uh, science has proven that it develops our cognitive skills. Reading is a really powerful, wonderful thing. And reading and learning and being a life learner stimulates us and helps us. It keeps the cobwebs out and helps us not to just get lethargic and spongy in our thinking, right? This is to the spiritual realm what those kinds of points are. As realistically as our Body needs exercise and good food as realistically as uh, uh, it, we need to download good material and software to our hard drive. Uh, we need to feed on the Word of God 
and, and study to show ourselves approved unto God and learn the examples of how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Number three, pursue the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there on all flesh. He's available. This is the, some, some theologians call this the age of grace, the age of the church, the age of the Holy Spirit. From the day of Pentecost until now, there has been an inclusion of the Gentiles that were previously excluded from the covenants of God. And Jesus comes in with a new covenant inaugurated on better promises. The gospel is the power of God, Paul said, the Jewish man, to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. And I was talking to a lady from Zambia. She would be a non-Jew, one of the nations that was outside of the covenant. I would be from the, wherever my family is, from Europe or England or Wales or whatever, the, uh, and Gentile, I would have been out of that, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, uh, those who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. It's like ringing the bell. Come on in, man. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And he's available to all nations, the African continent, Southeast Asia, uh, the, the Middle East, uh, all of, uh, you know, the, all the nations, China, Japan, Korea, you go all around the world and name all these nations, the nations are just a drop in the bucket and it's dust on the scales. And it's time for churches like us and individuals like you and me to really uh, grasp this. Uh, I, I have... Uh, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. There's to be distinction between that. I'm not just strictly going to lean on my own understanding. I, I want my mind renewed. And because things do come through my, my brain, I better get my mind renewed, right? It's, it's just not so simple, simplified. Just to, it's not like it's like you could just take your head off and put it over there and tell your body to shut up. And you, you, just, you have this like you're like a glow worm in the corner, you know. It's like we're in this encasement. And it's, it's important that we learn the differences. Oh, that's, that's the flesh. You, you can, there's a phrasing that comes into this and is popular in our movement. Have you ever heard, uh, I have a check in my spirit? Who's ever heard that? Who's not ever heard that? Okay, it's, it's pretty common. Now, some of you haven't heard it. But, but what that really means is, ooh, you know, you just kind of, you, you could, we could grieve the Holy Spirit well, our spirit, if his spirit would bear witness with our spirit, where it would be like, yeah, then we could actually grieve the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm imagining then that our human spirit would, would have a oh about it. And so there is something about that, like what you're about ready to say or what you say. And then it's like, I have to repent for that because you, your conscience, I, you know, I was reading about a a comedian who's an atheist who's married to a lady who wrote a book. And this just, I got this rabbit trail while I was studying. It had nothing to do with my study. It was like during a relaxing moment. And I just was thinking about something I heard this comedian say against Christianity. And I thought, I wonder where this guy's head's at. So I, I read about him and I, I read that, oh, he's, he says he's an atheist. And then he married this girl. And I thought, well, I don't know who this girl is, but I, she wrote a book. And when she wrote a book, it was all about how you should trust your intuition. I thought, hmm. So I listened to it, and it wasn't a match with following the Holy Spirit. It was the advocacy of a secular uh, voice saying um, that as, as human animals, basically, we need to trust those, our impulses. I thought, huh, that's not how I've been taught. 
Because uh, the fle- that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And there's actually, whether they agree with it or not, they don't, because they don't believe in the spiritual realm, that the, there's a spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. It was working in me before I became a Christian. And then that, that had to vacate, and then I thankfully got baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, 50 years ago, in November of 72, they prayed for me to be saved. Then they laid hands on me, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues without having any training. I went away and thought, what just happened to me? What was that? And I'm so grateful that I got that in one day. I don't have an understanding of trying to be a Christian without the baptism of the Holy Spirit since it happened to me uh, just in such a fast sequence. But it was separate and different. The Holy Spirit was the one that drew me. No one comes to the Father unless he draws us. And, and he was the one that was convicting me of sin and righteousness and judgment. We just got a couple more minutes, but I just want to just advise you that, that, that we can have that sense on the inside of us and follow that green light. Recently, a man was offered a terrific job. And um, so he proceeded, you know, and he had interviews and He's praying with his wife, and he gets counsel from his pastors, and we're praying together. And it was more like a flashing yellow light, right? It's like proceed with caution, right? You know, when you see a flashing light, I'm using a metaphor of, like, traffic since we all drive. So it's like, okay, uh, it's, it's a yellow light. It's not a green light where you just, you know, it's like I got to proceed, but with caution, right? So... I believe the red light, yellow light, green light are good examples in modern thinking about this sense or this witness in our spirit. Those who are of the spirit, um, they, they, can, they can pick up and follow. Now, does it line up with your word? Does this honor and glorify Jesus? And Lord, uh, it, uh, in my decision making, I very much want your will to be done. So your word is your will, but there's no place in the Bible that tells me about go to this job and take this, this, this role and move away. So it's like, so, but there is a verse in James that says uh, we, we are to factor in your will be done when it comes to going to such and such a city and buying and selling and getting gain, right? Before I started this church so many years ago in the early 80s, Man, I fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed. I checked and rechecked and rechecked, because unless the Lord builds a house, they that build it labor in vain. And I was like, I had a sense about it. It was, I, you know, I don't know if, if God was flashing a yellow light. I had a caution. I just did not want to do something that I felt was just of my own origin or my own flesh or based on the need or based on uh, other people encouraging me to do it. I wanted to be led and you want to be led, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, right? Back in 83, when my wife had Taylor, she, he was so big, he was nine pounds, two ounces, and when at birth, he broke his collarbone, and she hemorrhaged, she hemorrhaged so bad. I preached that night, Tuesday night, I came home, she, her water broke on the way home from church, I took her to the hospital, we spent all night awake, the early in the morning, she delivered our second child, and, and he broke his collarbone, and she was flooding and gushing with blood. 
I went home, cha- uh, took a shower, put on a, and I had a funeral to do that day up in North County, um, which, you know, in today's world as a pastor, I learned get somebody else to cover these things if some, one of your staff members has a baby. You know, that just was just how that went. And when I was there, we didn't have cell phones, and I got a phone call from my wife. I picked it up. Now, bear in mind, we're from a culture of teaching where you bridle your tongue and you watch your confession. So we, like, for example, earlier, a couple of years before that, we were in the car and we were confessing and believing that that heater that was dead on the cold Highway 44 uh, shoulder would revive. So when she, I picked up, the, the, the funeral director said, your wife is calling you from the hospital. I went, what? I answered the phone. I said, hello. She said, Jeff. I said, yes. She said, I'm dying. I said, no, you're not in Jesus' name. No, you're not. And she said, I just overheard the nurses, and they said, I'm dying. I said, in Jesus' name, okay, all right. Uh, and this is before the funeral. I hung up the phone. I called um, the people that, that the, the parents of the pastor that I was serving. I said, I, I'm, at the, I'm at the funeral home, but my wife just called and said she's dying. Well, their daughter was a nurse. I just saw her yesterday. And she got a call from those nurses. She was a, um, you know, a, a labor and delivery nurse. And they called and said, hey, your friend is hemorrhaging. And we don't know what to do. And they kept having to change the sheets, and she was gushing. This is my sweet wife. And uh, so those two went in there and laid hands on her and prayed. And it stopped the bleeding. And, of course, she lived. And we had two more kids after that. Hallelujah. Taylor's collarbone healed. In fact, he was doing push-ups with a broken collarbone, so that's cool. But what I'm saying is Dr. Pablo D'Angria, uh, who was her OBGYN, came in, and he hovered over her, and he had tears in his eyes. And he was so concerned about her. And we had been praying. And I watched the Holy Spirit prompt him to not give her any, administer any uh, uh, blood. And he said, as he said, he was crying. He said, I, I, you need blood badly, and I, I can't trust the blood supply. And I knew, see, it was natural knowledge that he knew that the HIV AIDS virus was, they didn't even know what it was at that point in 83. It was just starting to come out. But he said, we can't trust the blood supply. He said, there's something wrong with it. I can't give you blood. I knew that the Holy Spirit was helping my wife, my child, because I ran into, uh, what's his name, Michael Glazer out in California. His wife had a baby the same time, had the same circumstances. She needed blood. They did get blood. She did get a transfusion. And tragically, tragically, the guy from uh, Starsky and Hutch, his, his sweet wife and child died from HIV AIDS. And I, I'm, just, I'm just saying the delineation was right here, led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit helping us. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. I don't have time now. I had so many I had so many more points like pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't idealize the Old Testament experiences of others. Stay out of sin. Boy, those would have been good to preach on. But say this with me. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. I'm in touch with God. He gives me wisdom. He guides me. He leads me. He answers my prayer. 
My steps are ordered by the Lord. And it gets down to uh, which restaurant you should go to. And it gets down to where you should be in town at a certain time. And it gets down to, and not in some sort of weird, nervous apprehension through your life, but where you just flow with the Holy Spirit. And you're where you need to be, when you need to be there. Isn't that, doesn't that appeal to you? Isn't that good? So let's pray that right now. First of all, if you're not saved, this doesn't pertain to you. So you must be born again. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, just put your hand on your heart and just ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sins and trust him to do that. And he will trust him. The lights will go on. Forgiveness will come. He'll impart his power into your life. As many as receive him, to them he gives the right and the power to become the children of God. And then it says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Put one hand on your heart, one hand up toward heaven. Say, Lord, help me to be led. Sensitive to your voice. I know the Master's voice. The voice of a stranger I will not follow. Jesus lives big in me. Projects and opportunities are right out there for me. God has a plan for my life. And he sent his Holy Spirit, who is my comforter, my helper, counselor, advocate, intercessor, standby, and strengthener. I am more than a conqueror. He delivers me from temptation. He straightens out my thinking. He orders my steps. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Happy day.